Good morning and welcome to Sport and Life with Sam Kekovich and Leon Wiegard. And Sam, good morning to you, old son. Good morning, Leon. How are you, mate? You've been uh, uh, doing the miles. I've been uh, trekking all around this wonderful uh, nation of ours, having a chat with some wonderful farmers. But by gee, I'll tell you what I have noticed, Leon. I don't know if you have. This uh, El Nino still around. The mornings are getting rather fresh. There's a bit of Joe Frost, Jack Frost around and... Uh, but how good is it invigorating to wake up in the morning and have those lungs filled with beautiful fresh air? Well, we do these podcasts, folks, at the uh, Prince of Wales Hotel in uh, Fitzroy, uh, in Fitzroy Street, St Kilda, and I drive around the uh, the bay, and at about um, quarter to eight, so it wasn't early, early, quarter to eight this morning, I could have still swum out of sight. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. It is just absolutely that still. But more importantly, Leon, we talk about taking a deep breath of fresh air. We take it for granted. But look at the uh, look at the events in India at the moment. A lack of oxygen, deaths mounting uh, mm. as we speak. A terrible tragedy, and uh, you know we just. By the grace of the good Lord, how lucky are we? We are the lucky country. We are indeed. And we're very lucky to have a very special guest today, a guy that was enticed uh, to Victoria by the Collingwood Football Club many years ago. And a brown paper bag, I might add. Well, he, uh, it cost him. He, he, met, he had a year out of footy. And I refer, of course, to the former captain of Collingwood, Wayne Richardson. Wayne, good morning to you. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, Sam. Oh, wait a bit. Then, uh, and he said, I might also add it's. I don't normally patronise or condescend, as you know, but he's, he is a superstar bloke. Oh, Even well. though he gets, he, he, he grates me the wrong way sometimes, and I could just pummel him with a submission, but he's the sort of bloke you just feel like hugging every now and again. Well, you've both got a uh, common interest <laughs> in the uh, sport of kings. Yes, we do. That volatile investment portfolio we allude to as the punt. And he had a winner at Flemington on Sunday, and Anzac Day. He does, and keeps that to himself. No one would ever know. He gets on first, takes the odds... And then he's got the temerity after the event saying, oh, I couldn't get through to your phone. Your phone was off. <laughs> yeah, no, hang on, hang on a second. Yes, $2.60. Someone backed it. You're breaking sure up. Sure it wasn't you, Sam? You're breaking up, I said. Let's stick to the terms of reference. <laughs> Leon, fire away. Uh, Wayne, I, I, you know, obviously you do, we do a very limited amount of research for this because we'd prefer to find out off the subject matter uh, about their lives. But... Uh, I did do a bit of research on you, and I hadn't realised that uh, to get from South Fremantle to Collingwood, you had to stand out the 65 season. Uh, yes, Leon, yeah, well, I, was, I was working in a, um, it was the Bank of New South Wales in those days, Westpac these days, of course, um, in yeah, the country. Yeah, I wish. Um, in the country, and... Um, I was I sort of left the, the country town of uh, it was called Training T R A Y N I N G up up in um, near the Wheat Cunnop Belt the Wheat Belt in, in the Wheat Belt where um, near Meriden so uh, I came straight from there to uh, Melbourne but th- but I did have the offer about six months before from Collingwood to come over and uh, try my hand and and um, train train to see if you know playing the practice games so uh, the the West Australian uh, I, I was originally tied to uh, uh, residentially to East Fremantle who were pretty upset that I'd, I'd left as a junior 17 year old uh, but I was never going to play for East Fremantle because I was father and son uh, dad, dad played uh, for South Fremantle um, uncles played for South Fremantle my cousins played for South Fremantle 
And my brother, Max, played two seasons with South Fremantle before he came across. So I was never going to play for East Fremantle anyway, but they went to the, the West Australian Football League and complained about uh, the VFL stealing our juniors. Wayne, can I interrupt you for a moment? Just explain, yes, just explain for the benefit of the uninitiated, just the toxicity that exists between East Fremantle and South Fremantle. Well, Sam, that's 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 it's like hatred um, of a. It's like East and West Berlin. Like, you know. <laughs> well, it's like Collingwood and Carlton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and oh. probably Essendon and Carlton. But uh, yeah, there's this very very strong rivalry there because they're, they're just na- they're neighbouring. Um, the rest of the teams are all around Perth, whereas Fremantle, Fremantle in those days had South Fremantle and East Fremantle. So. Uh, even in ju- even in juniors, when I played under fourteens and under sixteens, uh, it was just a, you know a, 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 it was a huge battle every time we played each other. What they call them, the onion munchers, was it? Where the jail was right above the ground, was it? Yeah, yeah, the, the garlic munchers. Garlic munchers, not onion, but garlic, garlic munchers. munchers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they were, well we see South Fremantle was was. Um, uh, right, you, that, that Fremantle would go down as far as um, Mandra. And those places, Spearwood. Well, all the, the um, market gardeners, and there was a lot of um, Yugoslavs and Italians. John Jerovich, remember the John Jerovich statues still there? Yeah, and the uh, Johnny Jerovich, who was one of the greatest full forwards ever. That's right. And uh, yeah, so so Jero was there. Then there was the Sumiches, and they were the biggest market gardeners, and and I think they still are. Yep. The Sumich, the Sumich family. So Peter, of course, was a staff at West Coast. Um, and, and and now a coach there somewhere, uh, but his his um, relations Jack Sumich and uh, those guys they were all Australian players. So there was a big big rivalry between those. So East Fremantle, to cut it short, East Fremantle uh, went to the uh, um, Australian National Football Council. No, they, they went to the Waffle first, and they went to the Australian National Football Council. And uh, I had to wait until June, so I trained. I trained and, and uh, played in the practice games and then and then I couldn't play until in June when, when it was the last it was I don't know what it was called in those days but the court of law or something yep. that that you couldn't um, after June 30 that's the, that was the last time you could appeal so anyway uh, at June 30 I found out that it was that I was uh, not allowed to play uh, which didn't help because uh, it was too late then to go back to Perth so <laughs> Yeah. After experiencing my first winter in Melbourne, I really wanted to go back to Perth, I can tell you that, without uh, any problem. You had to love the Calder rule because it was five pound a player a week. Yeah. And that well, was it, no matter who you were, five pound. Well, that's I had five, five pounds and two shillings was my first salary at um, the uh, Bank of New South Wales. <laughs> Is that a, a fact? <laughs> that's plus, a fact. Plus what yeah. do you take? <laughs> well, well, if it had been Sam, he would have knocked off a couple of the money boxes they'd bring in. <laughs> well, there's no computers, that is, you know. Anyway, Wayne, Wayne, yeah. Wayne Richardson finished up at Collingwood, and uh, the rest is history. Two hundred and seventy-one, no, two hundred and seventy-seven games later, uh, over three hundred goals, uh, captain of the team for four or five years, and um, a lot of bad luck in that too, which Sam will no doubt uh, ask you about twice winner of the Copeland medal, so uh, a terrific career. And what a family. Uh, uh, you must be very proud of this. Wayne, 277 games. Max, 211 games. And your son, Mark, 141. I added those up to 623 games. 
fantastic family record. And what about his father, yeah, Arnold? Arnold didn't play league, did he? Arnold, no, what's that from Antle? He's a player in the 30s. Oh, 30. it was a bub's god. He, 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 played, he played 70-odd games, but he also <laughs> played for Western Australia. Oh, did he? Yeah, the yes, bubs. You call yeah. it the bubs. <laughs> That'll come back to haunt you. Well, hang on, he would have played. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell me, um, uh, you, have you got any knowledge of who he played with in those days? Because they had some guns that didn't come here. Who he put the players he played with? Yeah, in in the Western Australian side. Um, no, not in that era, but later on the era, oh, blokes no, like no, Michael that's a bit, and that's a bit far back for me. Yeah, Leon, yeah. That was that was pre that was pre war. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. But they uh, and well, the, the Doig family, the the Doigs, there was Ron Doig and um, yeah. Cleve Doig. There was a lot of the Doig family. There was um, oh, there was a, a huge huge number of uh, there was family. It was a very family orientated club. Now you hang that's on to this. Uh, you hang on to this, Wayne. Uh, I've got some information for you that will be very, very valuable. Jan Doig married John Ryan, and John Ryan won a bronze medal in swimming in Tokyo in 1964. Now, you can take that home and bank it. Bit of superfluous info. I don't don't know whether she's a Doig. What sport, Leon? Water polo? No, he's a swimmer. He played oh, water polo. Right. He played water polo. He came overseas with yeah. us actually as a, a swimmer. But he was a anyway. I was getting off the track there. So a great record for the family, um, uh, Wayne. And I guess you can uh, thank your father for for, for for the bloodline. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, I turned out to be a, a rover midfielder these days. Um, I was the shortest. My dad was the shortest. He had two brothers that were both six foot four. Uh, hence, my my young bloke Mark six foot four, so um, that was thro- that was thrown back to the other side of the family, I think. But uh, um, we we uh, yeah we we, we had a, a you know a good career and everyone's been happy and now I've got a couple of grandsons um, playing in a, under elevens, under elevens and under nine. Who'd you bar- did you bar- as a kid? Who'd you back for, Richo in Melbourne? Well. To be honest with you, um, Collingwood, Collingwood had been to uh, play South Fremantle in a in a practice game or a um, exhibition game. I think it was more more than that. And um, I remember someone uh, at, the, at home. We had where my dad had a um, a program of the game, and so we were sort of semi Collingwood. But see, in those days, uh, Sam and Leon, we we would get uh, a half hour the last quarter. I think it was called the winners on the it ABC. Was the ABC? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we get half an hour of that per yeah. week, and whoever was playing, so we didn't really alienate ourselves to any to any particular team. Probably m- myself, I was probably a little bit of Collingwood because we had a program. That's all we had at home. The reason I ask you because you're recruited by a very very famous Collingwood name. Do you remember Harry Collier? Harry Collier, yes, very, very much. Yeah, yeah, he's a great fella, and and that, a great family there in itself. The exactly. Collier family with Lita Collier and Harry Collier. Um, yeah, so Harry it worked out quite. I, I played junior football with a, a guy called Eddie Donis, and his father, Mick Donis, was a great friend of my dad's from Fremantle. He drove the uh, pilot boat out to the ships and brought the ships into Fremantle Harbour. So ah. Mick, Mick was great. He was also great friends with Harry Collier. And so that's how it, t- it came about. Mick Thomas recommended me to Harry Collier. I got a letter from Collingwood, and 
the rest is history. The rest is history. Well, you came to Melbourne, you crossed to Nullarbor uh, in a hire car or whatever they put you in, a couple of brown paper bags, and uh, you became a superstar. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, everything was rosy and you would have thought in those early days the, the biggest brand in football, Collingwood, this is going to be a terrific ride to the summit. But unfortunately, you always got the base camp come September and that to this day must still sort of have some uh, nightmares for you even at your late stage in life. Did you hear what he said then, Wayne? Things were rosy. Your coach at the time was Bob Rose. Yeah, that's right. Bob Rose and, and Kevin Fonch Rose Colin, played as uh, well. And Colin Rose was the runner. So everything was rosy except for the <laughs> results on the scoreboard. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we had, we had our opportunities. And, and I wasn't going to bring up that 50 bucks to Sam Domi, but, but now he's brought this up. I tell you what, I don't care. I'm going to bring it up. So uh, anyway. You still owe me yeah, lunch. Twice. You still owe me lunch, you know. I'm not going to raise it. I'm not going to... Look. Well, if I get the 50 bucks, I'll be able to shout you yeah. lunch. <laughs> look, I'm not going to disparage, denigrate, defile your great character, mate. But if you're happy by admonishing others, you, be, you say be it. I won't talk about yeah. some of your... Pri- anyway, I keep... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was, yeah, it was, was fantastic. And, and, you know, I, I, honestly, I did want to go back home uh, when I got... I couldn't play for a season. But then the next season, I played, I think, the first three games in the reserves. And then uh, Collingwood lost, lost two out of three of those games and they changed the whole side around. They dropped about six players. And so... Uh, Gary Wallace uh, was in the seconds with myself, and we got we just both got a game at the same time, and um, yeah, and we, we went on from there. So, so it was good. We played a lot of finals, and uh, unfortunately, we drew with with a certain side that should have should not have ever drawn with us. Um, and I think it was North Melbourne. Anyway, uh, Phil Carmen cost us that one. Yeah. I can tell you that if he didn't get rubbed out against Hawthorne. You he went. got two weeks for belting Michael Tuck. And uh, if he plays, I, I don't think North Melbourne had a player that could have... Um, um, and also the 70 grand final against Carlton. How can you squander a seven-goal lead at half-time? I mean, to say that's just not on. But anyhow... Well, it happens. I think it happens these days, Sam. Did you see the Hawthorne game on the weekend? Yeah, but the, game, the contemporary game's a lot different than the one that was in the 70s. You could bottle up a 70s game. You know, you know even Dumbos could do that. Kick it out in the boundary, oh, no, hit the boundary no line. It's a no different doubt. ball game. We beat Carlton three, three times that year, we beat Carlton. Yeah, but you didn't, you fell over the final hurdle. Now, the, 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 the question I'm going to, and I'm going to leave it at this, why do you think in your mind, and you're, you're fairly astute sometimes, why do you think you fell over at the final hurdle all the time? Because it just happened too often. It's not once, it's twice. It's five times, for God's sake. Something must be... Must have happened at Collingwood. I don't know whether it's uh, whether it's something in the air at Collingwood or yeah. something didn't quite gel between the left and right Otic. Or there was uh, the the, um, the old boot factory down there. There's a, there was a lot of shoe manufacturing down there. A lot of there's certain stench down there. There was. I totally yeah, concur. And, uh, and that that's what happened. That caused a bit of a. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you, look, Sam. In all honesty, I think. We, we, Bobby Rose was a great coach, a great man, and he obviously was a sensational player. I never got to see him play, but um, we, I don't believe we were ever fit, as in as in being able to run a game out. And uh, at, 
it happened. It happened when Neil Mann took over, and and, and of course uh, Murray Wiedemann took over. We were we struggled, and it wasn't until Tom Hafey actually got to Collingwood, and uh, he he uh, he put us to the sword. He, he just he just he'd, he'd run you up that up that Studley Park Hill, bring you back. You'd run four four hundreds, then you'd run up the Studley Park Hill again. Then he'd bring you back another four four hundreds, then he'd make you go back up the hill again. I mean, we, we never did. We would we'd walk up the hill in the old days. But, yeah. You know, we, but Tommy got us so fit uh, that we we finished up playing in the grand final the first year. That, but that's that's I mean I'm going ahead a bit there. That's a, that's seventy seven. Well, but oh, just on that year, Wayne, uh, in talking to Tommy about that once at a, at a, a sportsman's evening. Um, he said, well, when I went to Collingwood, uh, they were the cellar dwellers, but they weren't really because they had uh, a tremendous percentage and they must have lost a lot of games in that previous year before Tom arrived in, I think, 77. So in 76, uh, you must have been subjected to a, a lot of very close losses because you had a percentage that would have normally had you up near the eight. Um, so Tom, you know, ever modest, of course, uh, he said the coming from the bottom to the top w- wasn't that extraordinary. No, well, we won seven games that year in 1976, Leon, and there's not many bo- sides that finish on the bottom of the ladder that, that ever won seven games. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and a lot of close losses in that as well. But um, we, you, had we been fitter, we had a good side. But had we been fitter, we would have won those extra three or four games that would have put us in the four. Uh, uh, Richard, five. Uh, Wayne, you're captain from 71 to 76. But then uh, the Wiedemann era, uh, the Wiedemann year, and of course the advent of Ernie Clark as president, all of a sudden created a bit of a ripple and a bit of undulation in you, you yours and Max's life because uh, you both got dropped to the reserves and you went on record as saying, well, I'm sick of this because Ernie Clark picks the side. Was Ernie that influential, Ernie Clark? Well, I'll tell you just quickly, Sam, what actually happened, we played, I think it was South Melbourne at Big Park and got beaten. It was about the third round or fourth round. And uh, after the after the games, the, the, um, the wives and kids and everyone were invited to the president's room to to get out of all the, the, the hullabaloo that goes on after a game. And... and um, the president and the committee come into the room and uh, Ernie Clark announced there because on the way home I was driving home with the wife and the two babies on the way home I was told that I was being dropped to the reserves this week this in the coming week and I said who told you that and uh, they said Ernie Clark announced it to everybody in the room there'd be six changes and you and Max Ronnie Wearmouth I think Ian Cooper um, there was there were six of us that got dropped and when the press the press rang me on the Friday after the Thursday night teams come out and said uh, and asked me the question, Peter Simonovich, I don't know if you remember Poison Pants. Yeah, of course, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Peter Simonovich <laughs> rang and he said, I'm not going to put this on record, but but how, how did you react? And I said, well, it's a bit disappointing when the president of the club picks the team. I knew that I wasn't playing after the game last Saturday night. Well, he put it all over the back page of the paper. So that was that was really bad. I got called into the club at nine o'clock Saturday morning and told um, and told um, had, had a meeting and and uh, I did say that we weren't fit and I said that I don't think believe we've been trained hard enough. So that was a bit of a slur on Murray, who's a 
was a great mate of Ron and ours, of course, with the Van Sang Club. He is a great mate of ours, yeah. And a great friend of the family. You know, Mark, Mark's a good mate. But um, we weren't fit. And, and uh, so then they said, um, will you apologise? And I said, well, what do I apologise about? I've already stated what I believe. So then I had to go out of the room for about half an hour and they come back and said, well, you're suspended for four weeks. And uh, so that was fair enough. And I said, well, what happens now? And they said, well, you're not allowed in the club. You're not allowed to train here at all. <laughs> and and that then went on to to uh, when Ron Richards and Murray Wiedemann, of course, went across to, we were playing Hawthorne at, at, at the um, Princess Park. And when Max, Max, my brother, went to them, they said, why, why did I get dropped? And they said, well, we believe you weren't trying hard enough. Now, <laughs> you know, Max, that's not, not a Max's thing. DNA, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't in DNA. He would give his, um, give his all every week, week in, week out. So he said, well, okay, well, I'm not playing either. So he, he just did, he didn't get changed. He just walked straight out. So I went over to Carlton. and we stood there and watched the game. We got beaten by 16 goals. <laughs> and the next week, we, we, next week we played Richmond at Victoria Park, and, and I wasn't supposed to go. But I went down and I stood in the social club, with, in the back of the bar. Anyway, <laughs> Richmond beat us by 14 goals. So the next week, on the Thursday, I got called on Thursday morning to say to come down to the club that, that I'd be playing on Saturday, and I hadn't even trained with the club for two weeks. <laughs> God, uh... we, out, we, we beat Geelong by a point. The following week, and it was just—it was ludicrous. It was just ridiculous. The hectic day. Anyway, that, that was '76, and of course, it, 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 everything blew up in that year. And of course, um, uh, the whole board got changed, and, and, and Ernie Clark was gone. Jack John Hickey took over, and then they got Tommy Hafey as the coach. Was that Charlie Cameron going past you then? You I, buy a new toy. So it uh, uh, sounded like Charlie Cameron going past you on a motorbike. It was actually. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. Is it like, why aren't there any police around when that happens? It was yeah, that's right. the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, uh, you know, you're playing days terminated shortly after, but you became a specialist coach at Collingwood, uh, and you know, you really saw the uh, the development of you know the, some Collingwood greats in Shaw, uh, Dacos, and a num- and you know Bank uh, Banks. Banksy. Dennis yeah. So you must derive a lot of pleasure out of seeing their development under your tutelage. Yeah, well, I actually played a season that season in the second Sam because Ronnie Richards was the reserves coach. Uh, Seventy nine, this is, um, yeah. and uh, they asked me to play as well. Well, you know, <laughs> I was I was pretty well cooked by then, but it was was fantastic to play with those kids. You know, like Dakes was a kid, and Banksy. And, there was a lot of a lot of uh, young players young guys through. coming through. Yeah, Manane would have been yeah. coming through. And I think that year we played it. We played in the grand final. I think there was a night grand final from memory, so long ago. And we we got beaten in that one as well in the seconds. But that was the year that Carlton beat Collingwood in the seniors. <laughs> yeah. By by uh, what two points? When Wayne Harms was on the uh, in the second row of the members stand when he handballed to Kenny Sheldon. Uh, yeah. Ran it on yeah, open well, goals. Someone, had, someone handed him a hot dog and he ate it before he got back over the line. <laughs> God, was, you hold a grudge. A, you hold a grudge, you joke. do. That was absolute joke, that. Uh, well. Anyway, it's another way to get beat, isn't it? It is. Wayne, uh, just away from Collingwood uh, briefly, 
you were a member of the Galahs, and a, a lot of people listening wouldn't remember the Galahs. Uh, the Harry Bites or Led or Ron Barassi too. I do. Um, w- would have remembered the, girl, the, the Galahs. Um, yeah. Oh, what fantastic. sort of experience was that? Oh, that was something... Um, uh, well, it was unique to Harry Beitzel, of course. He was he was uh, the mastermind, um, and it was interesting to read the papers when I, when we got home from that trip, and then to say, oh, Harry was terribly disappointed with um, the crowd at Croke Park, and he expected a lot more people there. Well, I think there was thirty thousand there, and that was capacity it was more than capacity. But Harry played it down. I think I don't know what happened there. Anyway, it was a fantastic He's experience a because there were players from all over Australia, like. Um, uh, Polly Farmer and uh, Billy Walker, a lot of guys, Murray, Murray Leader, guys from Perth, they all come on the trip, uh, players from each club. So we had the Bartlett's, the Royce Hart's, uh, the, the Ron Barassi, uh, Rob Barass was coach, and uh, then Jezelenko was captain. And we had an unbelievable footy team, Peter Hudson. So uh, we actually played, we reverted to their game and altered our our gun, they let us bounce it. You've seen it, obviously. The international rules, they called it now. Barras um, met his nemesis at New York, remember the copper? Game of Oh, yeah. Belt. Well, <laughs> broke his nose, I think, didn't he? Or his he jaw? did. He caught up with him yeah. about 20 years later. They're the best of mates. Yeah, he came. He, yeah, that guy came here. Came, came, came over. Well, that was the Irish. That were the Irish police force. That's right, the police force. You're dead right, Richard. And oh, I'll tell you what, they were pretty tough. Those blacks. Well, that tough and hard. That Romanian side came back out here. I played in the. I was a goalie. I remember we were playing against Romania here, at uh, Middle Park. That's where I first did my knee, my cruciate ligament. Doc Rowett was okay. in the stand. Doc well, Rowett. Diving, diving to save a ball. They, they they kicked six goals in the first ten minutes on me. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I was in the goalie. I was a goalie. Well, re- yeah, but remember that there were six points under the bar and three points yeah, over. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Think it was. I know. Unbelievable. So you, you could actually kick kick the ball over, but it was hard to, to adjust to kicking a round ball, yeah. like kicking a drop kick with a round ball or a punt kick with a round ball. You still got your slouch hat? Uh, I don't have it, Sam. I, I actually, I do, do not know where that is. Or my blazer. Um, I've got the pocket off the blazer, though. I have so, got that. See, that's terribly important, so, the slouch hat. And I've, got, and I've still got a photo. It's pretty worn out, the old photo, but uh, of that of that team. See, so, patriotism is uh, terribly was a, important. That was an um, unbelievable experience. Four weeks away, um, playing. We played in Romania. I forget the guy's name now. Who who sort of um, got us into Romania? That was an experience. Czechoslovakia. No, that was a Czechoslovakian guy, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> in fact, they shot both he and his wife out the front. They they tried them yeah. and they shot them immediately. <laughs> Well, the irony yeah. was Chichesky was a was a guest of uh, Richard Nixon at, uh, at uh, the White House. Can you believe that? Well, they got a fair trial well, anyway. You got a fair trial in five well, minutes. Shot. <laughs> but don't don't forget the Yanks let anybody in. Sort of. I think that Sam. There was a story that he went to see Donald Trump. I know Donald personally. In fact, I did. I stayed yes. with Donald. What? Yeah. He, you don't like Donald? I do. I'm a great fan of Donald Trump's. Uh, great fan. That was that was the greatest. Um, joke in history, that, that election over there. Oh, We've just lost more than half our audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Wayne, you were, you were in Google as playing weight 76 Ks. I don't think you'd be much more than that now, would you? Oh, you've seen his jowls? No, no, oh, yeah, no, you, no, no, no. You, you wouldn't I be. Started ma- play, I started playing, I think I was, I was 75 
uh, K's when I first played. Like Sam, Sam's right legged way that now. Um, <laughs> yeah, good line, I, Wayne. I, Keep I'm going. Not, I'm not being disrespectful, Sam. No, but, you're not. Um, good line. I was, I, you're just light. You know, you're, you're light and all that. And that's what some of these kids playing now. There was a couple playing for Collingwood on. I venture on, to um, say you would have gathered by the response that comedy's not your mainstream. All right. Yeah, okay. But a lot of other people laughed at that, Sam. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so, to be so you know, until, until you actually put put a bit, you know, muscle on it and, and, and fill out, it's, it's, it's um, you know, when you're a kid, play, my playing weight was really around 80. Well, moving on, uh, you always had a keen eye for the bane of Western society, and that's the worship of the almighty dollar. You found a way how to... Uh, uh, ease yourself into business. You thought there's more to life than just kicking a bag of wind around, and you excelled in a uh, in a uh, in a uh, in a line of business with tapes and so forth. Wayne Richardson, uh, what do you call yourself, Wayne Richardson? Sales. 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 So you know you made multi-million dollars there, uh, and you were a big success story in conjunction with your brother. I think your brother. Were you in business with your brother, or you had uh, your autonomous? No, autonomous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were. You knew. Yeah, what, no, no. You my knew brother, what it meant. My brother. My brother was. Um, uh, he was in. He went into sports tapes and things like that for a little while. Yeah, in, tapes. In the that's right. Side of it, but that's that was sort of um, away from our our industrial uh, tapes as such and yeah. packaging. So we 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 started in 1974 actually while I was while I was still playing footy. Yeah, well, um, you made it fist. That was the story. Are you still? You're back involved, aren't you? You sold the business. Yes, I sold to Amcor back in um, 2012, and uh, but we kept one small part of the business, our Gasca business, which was automotive related. That's right, yeah. Uh, from Gasca US, uh, big PVC uh, nitrile. You wouldn't understand that, but it's foam. How much you sell to Amcor for? How much you sell to Amcor for? How much you sell to Amcor for? Uh, next question. <laughs> anyway, go on with the. Uh, so, 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 so we kept the gasket part of the company, and uh, and now in the last uh, two years we've we've virtually diversified because of automotive's gone out of automotive manufacturing. I should say not automotive in total, but aftermarket's still here. But automotive manufacturing, as we know, the Fords, the the Holdens, and the uh, Toyotas are gone. Um, so we lost uh, our business reduced by probably 50 60% so we had to diversify back into other products in, into so into the silicon silicon game uh, with Dow Corning Dow Dow uh, Seal um, and products like that and packaging products so we're gradually growing the company back in but I'm only a consultant now Mark runs it my son and my daughter Kelly so uh, I I I'm in three three um Three afternoons a week. Uh, golf's, golf's this afternoon. I'm at the office now, of course. Golf's this afternoon, and then um, lunch tomorrow. So you know, it's it's not all that bad. Yeah, golf. Uh, and, and, and the business is growing pretty quickly again. Golf would be at Rosanna. <coughs> at Rosanna Golf Club, yes. And uh, and of course, your other great interest is uh, is in racing. Yeah, yeah. So we had a bit of luck last Saturday, as was mentioned, and. <laughs> We've got another good good horse, Tafani. She had a run in Sydney last week. She won a group. She won the All Age last year in the COVID year, 
which is a bit disappointing. We couldn't go to see her, but um, she's now up in Brisbane. She's getting ready for the Stradbroke. Stradbroke. So just watch out for that, Tafani. And Sartorial Splendor, he'll run again next, um, I think, Saturday week at Flemington again over 1,000 metres, so he'll be hard to beat again. Richard, and a lot of, yes. other, lot of other slow ones. Uh, we know about them. Richard, just a quick one. Uh, uh, the turmoil at Collingwood at the moment, you know, during your uh, your uh, your uh, stay there, you became the vice president. Uh, you've seen, you understand the machinations of of, at, of club levels at all facets of the uh, of the industry. Tell me uh, just a quick word on uh, Eddie Maguire. Uh, well, Eddie's a friend, of course, and uh, you know, I thought I thought that was handled really, really badly. Um, and I, I mean. Ed was a bit shell shocked, as as you oh, I couldn't agree with you more. He's been yeah, fantastic for the game. Yeah, but I thought it was game. terribly. You know, the, the board, uh, the board didn't handle that at all, and and a lot of it, a lot of it went back. And I think a lot of the problem uh, that that Bucks has got now is it revolves back to the um, to uh, getting rid of of Trelaw and Phillips and um, yeah. the other young kid Stevenson that's gone over to North. I don't think that helped the situation. And and it's sort of when you have a couple of losses. I mean, Brisbane. Yeah, it further exacerbates it all. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help when when no. you're losing games. So they can get back on track again. But one thing they don't need. We they don't need a, a revolution mid-season. Uh, politics politics should be kept out of footy. And if they want to have a a total board revamp and president revamp and all that sort of thing, well, you leave it till the end of the season. You don't bring it up during the season. Couldn't agree more. Leon. Wayne, it's been a great pleasure having you on our, uh, our, our podcast. Um, good luck to you with the golf today. Good luck with your horses, and we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Wayne Richardson, our guest today. And don't forget, folks, we're just about to uh, join each other and, uh, and Dan Jones, our erstwhile producer, in a couple of uh, prints, do you think, today? I would have a Prince Mitchelton Shiraz. And Actually, Richard likes a Shiraz. He's a... He's a he likes a little tip over and out again. We experience that oh, during the week. We forgot to mention Jerry. Uh, I've got a couple of horses with Jerry that are going, going Jerry who? pretty nicely at the moment. They'll be racing soon. Jerry who? <laughs> Jerry Ryan, the man that owns the hotel. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, and a very good man. You call him Mr. Ryan. You don't know him that well. <laughs> I've just put a big tender in for Jerry for his uh, business at Jayco. Well, let and, me tell you, uh, I'll be looking into that. You may let not me get give it. A call. Can, can you give me a leg up? Oh, yeah. That's one area where I will help. Providing I get a commission of 50 bucks off you. Okay, there we square then. I'll let you off. See you, boy. Okay, see you. Thanks, boys. Wayne Richardson joining us on uh, Sport and Life, and uh, we'll catch you again next week where we'll have the one and only... The great David Parkin. I just hope to God, and I'll keep my fingers crossed, He's in a good mood because he can get terribly cranky. And if he's in a cranky oh, mood, he's a brace yourself. Bloke. He'll be fine. Superstar. <laughs>